Welcome to Bar Fights with attorney and advocate Sarah Klein. Taking on issues that matter and advocating for legal, cultural, and political change everywhere in order to protect children and vulnerable adults. Joining the conversation are survivors, advocates, lawyers, media personalities, athletes, celebrities, authors, wellness aficionados, and many more. Because bringing real justice takes a team of experts who care. Now, leading the fight is your host, Sarah Klein. you guys welcome to bar fights i'm so happy to have you guys here this monday and we have such a cool guest today he's an award-winning documentary filmmaker and he's the director of a new documentary called pivot paying it forward and we're going to hear all about that today but what i love about this project in particular you guys know i'm a glass half full kind of person always looking for the positive really really careful about um, about how much consumption of negativity I have in my world. And I always get asked, how are you so positive given everything you've been through? And it's an, it's an intention. It's a choice. And, and what our guests today made that choice to create something really cool that brings some inspiration um, into our lives. And so Pivot tells the true stories of how people gave back during the pandemic. And we've touched on this show before, just about the collective sort of negative, heavy, struggling energy that I think all of us felt during very, very unprecedented and uncertain times. So my guest today is Tom D. Donato. And I want to welcome you, Tom. Welcome to Bar Fights. Sarah, thank you. I'm just grateful to be here to join you and uh, talk positivity. <laughs> I love it. So, Tom, how did you get this idea? How how did this project even begin? Uh, well, I was working at a news desk. And um, at that time, if you recall, during the pandemic, um, it was a very negative time. And uh, there were protests going on in the country and with the pandemic itself and and with social media overemphasizing this, I, um, I, some, a friend of mine said, Tom, you got to try doing documentaries. So I got off the news desk. Uh, I knew a friend that did films and uh, we started doing these interviews of people trying to pivot in a positive way during the pandemic. And it was going to be a business pivot at first. But what we noticed in these interviews is that People were actually volunteering, donating time, giving to others, donating meals to frontline workers, um, helping people that lost their jobs. And it, it, I actually forgot there was a pandemic going on during this project. I didn't even know because I didn't look at the news. I was only focused on this. And that's what actually mentally got me through this project. I mean, through that time is because of Pivot. 
That's so cool. You're, you're right. That word pivot, I think, became sort of a thing during the pandemic. Like, I, I think there was a book called Pivot at some point or something, but I, I'd heard the word. But until we were all forced to begin trying to figure out new ways of existing during this time, you know, as a lawyer going to court on Zoom and small businesses trying to figure out how to keep the doors open or keep food on the table, you know, families trying to figure out homeschooling, like we were all doing that pivot, exactly that during that time. Um, And so, and so that word really got, I think, some momentum during the time, but it was for me, not necessarily associated with a positive thing. It was more of just, we got to figure out a new normal. Um, But how did you, how did you sort of see the silver lining in the pandemic in, in order to make something positive? What was, I mean, how were you, how were you inspired to be able to tell some of these stories during a time that was so much negativity? Well, before I had the news job, um, from 2017 on through the pandemic, um, I worked on a community magazine show that just highlighted positive stories of keeping helping others in the community. So I had that experience, right. Mm -hmm. And how to tell, uh, or be able to tell a story, uh, in a positive light. So uh, as, like I said, as we started just doing the pivot with businesses, um, we became inspired uh, because it wasn't grabbing um, and it would have taken a lot of work and time just to follow one business in the documentary as one story. And we just kept on hearing these tidbits in our interviews of how I donated 100,000 meals to frontline workers, to hospitals in the New York, New Jersey area. And that was from Master Chef David Burke, who was also able, was able, by the way, to open like nine restaurants during the pandemic internationally, which is, which is crazy. Um, so those kind of stories, just that dictated our editorial angle to sh- go that direction. And like you said, homeschooling with your children or working from home and Zooming, um, we found stories of a 10-year-old going out and taking black and white photos of a military send-off up in Vermont or um, people donating meals, restaurants donating meals to a, a food pantry in, in Chester, Vermont, and just highlighting the goodness. And the, the idea was from the beginning to show more positive stories than the negativity that's going on in this world. And so what I was able to do is take this film and send it to 200 countries around the world. Uh, I just dug into my savings and I just donated it to different, uh, sent it to different countries And I got a lot of feedback in Indonesia and Brazil and France saying thank you because um, it got us through just a very depressive time, you know, to be able to watch this. And that's the whole idea was I was I was taking on it was a war uh, personally, me against my own field to turn it, to flip it, to say, hey, there's too much of this going on here at this time. We need to see some more positive stuff. And even on the ground during the pandemic, when everybody was locked in their homes, the people said, I can't even look at the news at the time because it's so negative. They had to turn their head away. And do you want your children to watch that? What about the next generation? Our kids from this experience, it's already been said that, you know, because of education alone, you know, they've fallen back behind a little bit in math and things like that. 
So what about the psychological impact? Mm-hmm. They have to see positive things. And I have this film even, I sent it to a, um, a film festival for children, and now they're distributing, sending it out to classrooms around the country so they could see that people are, can do good during very hard times. And like the therapist I interviewed, he said to me, um, make, bake a tray of cookies for the local nurse next door, school nurse next door, or make a pan of lasagna and give it to a neighbor or somebody. That kind of goodness. I mean, there's goodness on all of us. Mm-hmm. You all know that. But sometimes you have to, for your own mind, just switch the gear because you might have a negative thought because of that. If you do something positive, that's going to help yourself and keep you enthusiastic and positive about getting up every morning and looking forward to that day or that month. And, and that's, that's the purpose of the film is hope, you know, and believe showing the goodness of our humanity and what kind people we are and how we can get through a lot of the politics that are going on in the world and a lot of the wars and the pandemics, you got to fight. As you know, as a gymnast, you had to fight every day um, through adversity. And I say that generally to you um, that you have to find inner strength. And then you became a lawyer uh, after that, because you just believed and you were determined to do that. And that's be, this project became my, my um, passion to, to change the world. If I could, by sending it to places that would never see it. India, for example, a lot of small villages uh, in India. Um, there's a small village in South Korea, 10 miles South of the DMZ border. I just wanted I don't care if it was 12 people that got to watch the film. It just, that little, it's just starting, setting a little fire, you know, to get things changed around a little bit. That's incredible. And I'm such a big believer in sort of what you put out, you're going to get back. And so if you're, if you're putting out that goodness, that kindness, that generosity, that positive spirit, um, that's, that's going to expand and that's going to be sort of your experience of life. And you're so right. Kids are watching everything their parents do and they're feeling and internalizing the emotions and, and um, feelings of their parents. So during that time, you know, it was really, and even all, at all times, it's important um, as a responsible adult, I think, to really have conversations with our, ourselves about what kinds of stuff we're watching, reading, consuming, and the ways in which we're living our lives, too. Um, I find it kind of funny when you were talking, I was thinking during the pandemic, the shows that were got really popular, like on Netflix or whatever, were like true crime, murder, you know, like all the, and I think that was just like the way people went into like this dark, you know, dark place. So I, you know, your work, I, I am sure it was and continues to be so, critically important because there isn't enough of it. Um, you Especially touched- around, the, around the holidays right now. Yeah, um, you're right. It's, yep. uh, you know, holiday blues, they call it or whatever. Um, and, and with the economy and everything else, people need to reach out for some help, you know, yeah. and, and, um, and this is one tool where I get a lot of emails like this time of year. Can you send us your film, you know, to this festival? Because, uh, you know, it's just, 
it's, it just, it just works with the holidays and giving. So it works yeah. out well. Yeah. Um, you mentioned David Burke, which who had a really cool story um, in the documentary. What were some, who were some of the other folks that when you think back, I mean, I'm sure they are all amazing stories, but what were some that really touched your heart that really stick out in your mind? Uh, when I, we drove, Rob and I drove out to Brooklyn uh, to meet a pastor um, at a church and um, just like your law office, the church became basically shut down where nobody can go in to the church and they lost a lot of donations that way um, because they had a lot of um, older people in their parish. And so what ended up happening was the pastor had to make some kind of income to pay the utility bills for the church. So he started making banana pudding and selling it to local businesses um, in Brooklyn to bring in some income to help pay for those bills. And he was also a musician and a great public speaker. And um, his life was changed around also. I mean, so uh, he, he was Zooming all his masses and um, or virtually sending out his mass, uh, his, his, uh, his sermons. And uh, just a story like that is unique. And then I come, I would look at some of the animals stories that I did in this film. Um, a lot of uh, shelters, you know, depend on people coming in, looking at the animal, adopting things like that. Well, that was taken away. So uh, social media became very important. I found one organization called Marty's Place in uh, Southern New Jersey, where they adopt and foster uh, senior dogs, mm-hmm. dogs that have lost their owners in the last few years of their life, and they need somebody to take care of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, volunteers that work there were taking these dogs home to their, to their houses and, and raising them during the pandemic because adopting was down, fostering was down. And uh, still they, were, they managed to get through that time through the help of their local volunteers. Um, and, you know, there were owners that passed away tragically and here are these animals that needed a place to stay. And Marty's Place is a place that touched my heart because, uh, you know, I don't know if you've been to a shelter before, you see a lot of young dogs usually, right? But to see them with like these little wheelchairs carrying oh. them back, you know, because they can't use their hind legs, you know, and I'm filming this and I'm like, I've never seen this before. You know, it's a new place and people don't realize certain things. That's what the media has the power to do, you know. Okay, we have dogs rescued from a hurricane in the South and they're being shipped up, but a lot of them are young, young dogs, not, not seniors. So um, that was one story. And then, the racehorse story, the retired racehorses, uh, which a lot of them don't make it. And uh, they're, they're slaughtered, unfortunately. But there's an organization called the uh, Standard Bread Retirement Foundation that actually brings these horses to a farm in South Jersey and uh, finds owners. They'll take them up and, um, and, and take care of them for the rest of their lives. And uh, it was just a, a great visual story to be on the farm and watch these horses um, trot, gallop. Um, and, you know, uh, they go through a lot of abuse as well. Um, mm-hmm. Once they're sold to farms and things, I don't want to directly attribute to that, but their life after being a racehorse gets very difficult. Let's put it that way. Oh. And 
And, uh, you know, their bones are, you could see them through the skin on the sides of their bodies. It's just awful. So there's an organization that says, you know, we're going to keep these horses alive. We're going to feed them and make them healthy again and give them to kind people that own farms um, that can actually raise them. Um, and uh, that was that was just an impressionable story um, on the animal sense. We all love animals. And those t- it was important to have animals in this as well. I love that. Um, there was one story I was reading about that kind of made me laugh a little bit. And, and it's just kind of delightful. The, um, the pastor who was a chaplain and an author and, and a musician, but then during the pandemic, he ends up starting a new career selling banana pudding into local restaurants. Tell me about that one. Yeah. Well, he, um, I mean, he's, he's not just a local pastor, as you said. I mean, he has a lot of talent and he's a good cook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and I, I don't know if you've had banana pudding, but, uh, you know, uh, when you get stuck in a pandemic for a while and you get used to some same food that we always cook and uh, to try banana pudding during the pandemic was delightful. I mean, it just melted in my mouth. It was <laughs> really, really good. And yeah, so he would make this up in his office um, and and deliver it every day to these local cafes and restaurants in downtown heart of Brooklyn. And they would sell that as dessert and um, they would give him the money from those proceeds to help pay for um, the bills um, to keep the church going. And um, it was just a great story. I, it was important for me to show uh, not, somebody that's doing really well during the pandemic, but people that are struggling or need help. Right. So the people that are doing really well were donating and giving in the film, but then there were also people struggling and had to reinvent themselves to survive. Right. And that's something that um, I found with the pastor and it, that story, uh, like I said, touches my heart. Um, It's something um, when I get interviewed, that's one story I go to right away because of his personality it had everything going. He plays music. He plays the drums in the church. Um, it's kind of a, it's a cool story. Yeah. I just, I, I love, there are so many great lessons that we could, could deduce from the pandemic, right? That, you know, unexpected little turns and new hobbies and, you know, meeting new people, neighbors you never knew before until you all, there were so many cool twists and turns. And I've often thought to myself, what if we lived that way or were open to possibilities all the time, not just in the middle of a crisis. Right. And, and I think your film, you know, really highlights some just, big picture life lessons that aren't unique to the pandemic, but you were able to sort of mine for gold um, because of the circumstances of, of this, of those crazy times. I think that that's so cool. Um, What did you learn about human nature or what were you reminded of about human nature during this? Because that's the stuff I like to, to pull from all my guests who have these crazy, cool, awesome projects and stories and stuff. But, um, but there are, are themes that I think are applicable all the time. Right. Um, what did, what did you learn about people in this project? 
the, how good people could be in a, a very terrible time where you can actually mm-hmm. get caught in that and be pulled down. Or I found out that humans are strong and mm-hmm. determined to uh, bring out goodness in the world when there are certain mediums out there that are trying to say that it's not good out there. And I yeah. believe that it is. And yep. the, I, the, I, I, that's why I sent the film to uh, Russia, to Ukraine, to China, mm-hmm. close to the DMZ. I'm, I'm just trying to show the world that Americans are good people, despite the perception that they're given by their media in their parts of the world. Yep. And if they see the goodness in Americans, I'm sure there's goodness happening in other parts of the world as well. You know, um, you know, I interviewed, um, you know, I covered nine 11 and, uh, and that was a negative time. It was, a, it was just something that could power take over your mind totally in a negative, negative direction. But then when you hear the stories from the survivors of how people help them down the stairwell to get out, you know, the goodness, people risking their lives. And in, in the sense, the pandemic thing happened in the same way, you know, people were risking themselves out there um, trying to help others. Um, but the psyche of helping, because nurses and doctors were putting their lives at risk every day, getting, you know, with the possibility of getting sick, right? So I'm sure getting those meals um, just gave them an extra kick, you know, um, because those people were the final uh, physical connection to people um, that were getting deathly ill, right? So um, their strength of their mind, this is about strength of mind, I think, and how strong you could be um, when you think the odds are being told are against you. But in reality, it's your mind saying, you know what, there are no odds here. I'm just going to keep on living. I'm going to live life. I'm going to try and help others and make myself a better person. And I I think there's a study uh, that was done in 2012 by the University of Pennsylvania that said that, you know, by doing volunteering and helping others, if you can, um, it it does improve your own mental health. And uh, that's what I learned. I mean, I just, the strength of humanity, the fight for goodness, um, every day since I've done this film, I post positive quotes on social media, um, in a creative fashion, I try to, uh, I don't really ever rarely see any more political stuff on social media with your own friends anymore as much that's been kind of pushed out. And I think that's the important thing is that, um, every morning when you get up and if you go on social media, you see a positive quote or something inspirational or something, giving a photo of, and I take a lot of clips from my film sometimes, and I repost them just to remind them about goodness. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a mindset. Um, I, I feel like we have a war against negative social media. And I think we can, we, the people not to, to use that quote can actually take over. If everybody that's listening to this podcast could just find goodness every day and post a picture of it or a quote or something you saw that you never see that makes you smile, you know, that is the key and it'll be a dominoes effect. I think it would, and tagging and, and spreading the word, you know, um, I take quotes from uh, the Pope. I take quotes from, uh, there's a lot of inspirational services out there that are on social media. Um, and then I try to tie it in with a photo or something that makes people feel good. Um, you know, you're, uh, there was a snow globe. 
that I saw yesterday in a store for Christmas shopping or holiday shopping that said, be kind. So I took a picture of that and you have December starting this month and you put those two photos together and you do a grateful quote and you send it out there and it makes people feel like they want to help others and, and, uh, enjoy this time of there's a lot of pressure right now because of shopping and buying things. And, and it's really not supposed to be about materialism. It's supposed to be about goodness and and beliefs, right? So that's, that's the most important thing. If you can keep focused on that as the base, and then maybe the other things will come afterwards. I love that. And so much of what you just said speaks directly to my audience, probably without even realizing it, but Um, you know, though a lot of my listeners have been through very difficult times and have been harmed by someone. Um, and I have found tremendous healing in helping others, right? And and so much of what you just said rings true for me in my little corner of the world, but also um also big picture too. Um I'm sure that if you take a um a negative scenario in your life. Um, and let's say the pandemic was like this huge negative cloud over you, right? Mm-hmm. And you could build strength from that trauma. Somehow, it's hard to take a negative, but take that trauma and turn it to a positive to help you mentally present day, you know, um, and give you hope each day. Because I know we can all spend years and years in therapy and 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 get help, which is something you should do if you're not feeling well enough, if you feel like it's too dark. But if you could somehow take that negative experience to fight and help others like you are, you know, I think that's really important. Um, and just, and just, just dig deep, take that experience and then save others. And that's what you're doing, which I'm, I'm so grateful to be on your show for that. Well, we're doing, we're doing our part in different ways, um, but we're both doing it. And I want everybody listening to know you can do it too. And as Tom said, something as small as posting something positive, texting somebody, hey, I hope you have a great day, you know, doing that unexpected little thing for your neighbor, dropping something on their doorstep, you know, it can be small little ways. And, and yes, we're doing it for others. But as Tom said, it also is a tremendous gift to ourselves. It is self-care to be showing up in the world as a good, kind, compassionate, generous human being. Um, Tom, I love what you're doing. You guys, the film is called Pivot, Paying It Forward. Um, Tom, how do we find the film? How do we find you? How do we, how do we follow your positive messaging? <laughs> okay, so Pivot is available. Um, it's being live streamed on something called Zumo TV. Um, so if you have a smart TV, that's one way. Um, Planet Classroom for all the teachers that are listening out there. Um, they can go to YouTube, Planet Classroom, and find Pivot. And also on my, um, my own website, Dido, D-I-D-O productions.com. I have the film up there as well. And, um, which is a free watch. I'm not looking, this is a not for profit film. I'm just looking to help others, um, get through just a challenging uh, time for us and for our children. 
Absolutely. Dido, D-I-D-O productions.com. We will absolutely link to that. Tom, thank you so much for your time, but more importantly, thank you so much for your generous spirit and for doing the work you do. It is much, much needed and much, much appreciated. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate what you do. I really do. Thank you so much. Until next time, you guys, thanks for listening. listening to Bar Fights with attorney Sarah Klein, taking on issues that matter. Please check out our website at barfightspodcast.com, Instagram at barfightspodcast, or Twitter at barfights underscore pod for the latest show updates and archives.